What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the High Wrestling Podcast. And today, I do not have for you a live watch, but instead an interview. Today, we have my second interview ever on the show. I got the opportunity to interview Darwin Finch, a wrestler based out of Southern California, Los Angeles, to be more specific. And it was a great conversation. I just, I love the opportunity that I am now getting to interview these wrestlers and sit down and have good conversation and that's indeed what we had was good conversation about wrestling horror movies music adult swim of course i have to ask my signature question but ultimately it was good conversation good conversation i am grateful for the opportunity and thank you again darwin for coming on to the show this interview is also available on YouTube if you want to watch it. Um, so if you don't want to listen, you can go to YouTube and watch it. Or if you don't want to watch it, you can stick along here and give it a gander. Give it a listen, if you will. Um, thank you guys for the support. Thank you again, Darwin. And thank you just everybody. Grateful to be here. Grateful to be doing this. Shout out to everybody. All right. So I am here with... Darwin Finch, you are based out of, the, out of Southern California? That's correct, yes. I'm in the uh, the Los Angeles area. That's awesome. I have an aunt down in LA. That's the main reason I go to LA. But Okay. Very cool. Do you ever check out shows when you're down here? Not really. It's more I'm tagging along with my aunt and my mom as they're doing aunt and mom stuff, like shopping and thrifting and all that stuff. Oh, but I gotcha. It's a goal of mine because I really want to go to a GCW show. Okay, yeah. They've barely done shows up here in Northern California. I think like two. Okay, yeah, they do them down here a bunch. Yep, yep. It's definitely a bucket list of mine. <laughs> but I've been excited to interview you, interview you because I first saw you at Oasis Pro Damage Goods and then Full Clear Pride or Die, and I just thought your whole gimmick and your character is just super cool. Thank and you. So I wanted to start off with, like, what is the lore? How did you come up with your character and your gimmick? Um, so it kind of came together sort of by accident. Um, you know, I had a completely different vision for what I wanted to do um, while I was training. Um, and it wasn't quite clicking uh, what I was going for, um, as far as like the character and, and the wrestling together. Um, and then, uh, just one day, just, uh, just fooling around, um, you know, doing silly voices and being a goof, um, while, while just, uh, wrestling around with some of the other folks at Santino bros. Um, yeah, just, uh, my, trainer saw it and uh liked it and just encouraged me to to continue doing that um because it one it was different than anything anybody else at the dojo was doing and also uh it just it made me a better wrestler because i was more just uh comfortable and uh and thinking you know um you know what would this type of mindset uh, do um, in a wrestling match? And it made me, you know, I've always liked the kind of the more technical um, intricacies of, of pro wrestling. 
And I think that um, this has helped me explore that more um, with being very literally a scientific wrestler. <laughs> nice. I do like that. You mentioned you were trained at Santino Bros. Who were your trainers? Uh, so I was trained by uh, Joey Chaos and Robbie Phoenix. Um, as I uh, got more advanced, I was training with uh, Los Luchas, um, and they, they taught me uh, the Lucha Libre aspect of my uh, wrestling repertoire. Um, and then uh, over the over the years, I've trained with with other folks, and most notably, I trained with uh, with Brian Kendrick for a while. Oh wow! Um, so I've, I feel like I've got a pretty well rounded um, wrestling education, and I'm always trying to learn as well. Um, you know, I did do the the New Japan uh, Week Camp, um, mm -hmm. and I've gone to I've gone to as many seminars as I can get to. Um, you know, just always trying to learn more and more and more. That's so cool. I didn't know that. What was it like at the um, in J uh, New Japan training? Very tough. Very, very, very tough. I think I was, uh, I I could barely even move. I was so sore uh, about halfway through. And then uh, when the camp was over, I had a show uh, that Friday night. And by the somehow I was able to to get through that but I just remember my legs feeling like cement <laughs> I can imagine because like I've watched New Japan mm -hmm. because I show it on um Axis TV and I can imagine like the training is very like rigorous and like super strict oh yeah that's why the you know the the whole um the young lion system it's basically that's like that's like pro wrestling college. That's like yeah. your life. You just are living uh, to train all day long. And that, that's basically what they do. You know, they, they'll spend an hour just stretching, you know, yeah. and then, you know, then it's calisthenics and then it's cardio. And then later, then they'll eat. And then later that day they'll lift weights. And it's just like, it's just all day long. So yeah, it's it's definitely uh, that's that's the the hardcore sport uh, of of wrestling right there is is the New Japan Dojo for sure. Kind of scare me a little bit, but I'm intrigued. <laughs> um, I did want to ask because Brian Kendrick was one of my favorite wrestlers growing up. What was it like training with him? Uh, pretty great. Uh, Brian's a, a, a pretty laid back guy, but also very astute, uh, very, really hones in on the, the very, very tiny details as to, you know, um, you know, why you might, uh, want to throw a, a drop down or a leapfrog or whatever, you know, what, what, what you're trying to do with each move and, the stuff that's in between the moves that matters so much. I think when it comes to um, as far as like how I engage the crowd and, um, and that aspect of my wrestling, I think a lot of that comes from, from Brian. Indeed. He was the man with the plan. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And in fact, uh, I haven't used it that much, but I, I did use it once. I might want to keep using it. I, I was calling myself the them with a stratagem. <laughs> I, I hope you should bring that back. I like that. Okay. Yeah. 
I'll bring yeah, it back. <laughs> Besides, would would you say Brian Kendrick influenced your in-ring work or were there other wrestlers that influenced your in-ring work at all? I mean, Brian, definitely. Um, you know, I'm always studying. Um, I really like the um, kind of like the the 90s uh, Lucha Pirosu kind of wrestling, like um, like Jushin Liger and Ultimo Dragon and, uh, you know, Great Sasuke is one of my favorites of all time. Um, so, like, yeah, I kind of model a lot of my stuff off of that, which is weird since I'm, like, not a masked wrestler myself. Uh, but, yeah, I really like that style and, you know... Um, technicians like Dean Malenko and stuff and Eddie Guerrero. Um, you know, uh, I like to also watch a lot of, uh, a lot of world of sport. Um, you know, the Johnny Saint and, um, uh, Steve Gray and all, all those guys. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I am literally a wrestling nerd. So like, I'm just, I'm all over the map with, with my influences and I kind of just take little bits and pieces. And of course I have to mention, uh, Spike Dudley, um, is a very, uh, big influence on, um, both the character and just, uh, you know, motivation of being able to become a professional wrestler when you see, you know, little, little Spike, uh, at that time, there weren't a lot of smaller, wrestlers um when when he was going up against like bam bam bigelow and mike awesome and stuff and that that kind of stuff just that underdog heart uh really inspired me nice i now that you mention it i like look back and i notice like little bits of spike dudley <laughs> in your matches and like in your character oh thank you of course yes uh what year did you start training at the Santino Brothers Wrestling School? Uh, yeah, I initially went there uh, June of 2013, and I debuted in November of 2014. Were you, a, would you say, trying to figure out how to word the question. Sure. Is that how long you've been wrestling in general, or just how long you trained at the Santino Brothers? Uh, so I, tra yeah, I, I trained there, I guess, I guess my debut would technically be like graduation from the program. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, it took a little over, over a year, about a year and a half. Um, and, uh, yeah, I've been wrestling since then. So a little over eight years, um, you know, give and take the, the pandemic and, and injury time and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, but I, you know, I've been continuing to to train there, and um, you know, with Brian, and um, you know, wherever wherever I can, mostly at the at the Santino Bros Dojo, though I've still frequent that facility a lot. Nice, very nice. And of course, like we all do, you know, trying to give back as well to the to the newer students and stuff like that. So. Um, that's the kind of, uh, that's the kind of community we have at the, at our dojo. That's what I like, just giving back, because you grow up as a fan, and there's just mm -hmm. a part of you that feels like, okay, I gotta give back to what 
got me through my childhood or what saved me. It's just that that mutual connection between like wrestlers and fans and fans and fans and wrestlers and wrestlers. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. It's a very, um, yeah, it's it's a community that like we we get all get it, you know, no matter which side of the, of the, of the fence that you're on there, everybody, you know, it's this thing that has really impacted all of us and that we love. And, uh, you know, that's why it's, it's great when, um, you know, folks like yourself do contribute with like a podcast or somebody with a website or, you know, um, you know, people get into doing merch or production or whatever it is, um, you know, all in the name of uh, perpetuating the art of wrestling. Yeah. Ah, sorry. You're good. Because we are inching closer to the end of Pride Month in the midst of Pride Month, I just wanted to ask, what do you what does pride mean to you? And um yeah that's a that's a loaded question um so i guess mainly the to, to break it all down and not go on a giant personal tangent i would say uh to simplify it just um you know the unwillingness to be anything but your true self um, and sometimes that can be scary, um, which is why, like, you know, I totally understand folks that aren't ready to put themselves out there like that. Um, cause unfortunately it's, we're still in a world where not everyone, um, understands or is even for, uh, people just living the way that they want to live. Um, which is strange. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, once you do uh, get out there, it's important to have that pride because sometimes uh, that can be all, all you have. But luckily, there's a, a big a big community um, that's supportive um, of everyone who's, you know, just living their, their true life. Um, and uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing and continues to grow. Would you consider wrestling a solid platform, a solid place of expression for the LGBTQ community? I definitely would. Um, you know, and that's another thing that's kind of, uh, it's, it's weird that like the, you would, can say, yes, it's definitely changed over time as far as like acceptance. Um, but also, you know, looking back at, um, you know, the art form in general, it's very queer coded at its core. Um, so it's weird that it's only recently that, uh, you know, it, people are feeling more comfortable, um, you know, being, uh, you know, a queer uh, wrestler. You know, I was there at the, at the dojo when one of our wrestlers uh, was, uh, afraid to to come out as a gay man uh, way before, um, which is also odd because our first class um, uh, has ha had um, Mariah Moreno, who's a transgender wrestler. 
Um, but still, uh, that was years before his class. And, you know, in between that time, there really wasn't anybody, um, at least that was out. Um, and so that wasn't even all that long ago. Um, but what's always drawn me to wrestling is kind of the same thing that's, that as a nerd draws me to things like comic books or like fighting video games or stuff like that, where you just have all these different people from different walks of life, different genders, different backgrounds, what have you, um, and all showing something about themselves that, um, you know, is badass, really, um, to put it plain and simple. Um, you know, they're all on equal playing ground, and it might be because, uh, you know, character X is stronger than character Z, but character Z is smarter than character X, you know, and just little things like that that just make make it all interesting. Um, and so I think uh, with, uh, you know, there being more pride shows and being more out queer wrestlers, it just adds to that variety and diversity of wrestling that makes it so interesting in the first place. Agreed. And it also kind of brings back that conversation about community, how we're all supporting each other, regardless of what you identify as, mm -hmm. your sexuality, just who you are as a person. I've noticed that more so at independent shows that you're just accepted for who you are, regardless. Yes. Yeah. Because we're all there because we love this crazy, weird thing that people outside of it don't understand, but we do. And that makes it special. 100%. I think that's why everybody just stays fans for so long because of that sense of community. Yeah. Oh, totally. 100%. So recently you and Laura Frazier formed the tag team Adventures in Science and won the Lucha Patron Tag Team Championships. That's correct. How did you guys come together to be to form Adventures in Science? So I've known Lara um, for a couple of years now. Um, actually, I think I first met them when they were still a trainee. Um, I met them at a, a Hood Slam show. Um, and, you know, kind of just in loose, you know, social media contact, um, eventually started being on more shows together. Um, and, uh, really it's kind of just a strange coincidence because we had talked about being a team just kind of, you know, like, Oh yeah, the, that would be kind of a cool thing, which is something a lot of wrestlers do, um, with each other online, you know, and just like, Oh yeah, we're both nerdy and we're both envy. Like, you know, that could be fun. Um, and then uh, Lucha Patron, um, they just put that match together. Uh, they 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 had no idea we were talking about it. I even asked the promoter, um, and they said, uh, no, we just thought that you guys would fit. So uh, I think Full Queer took notice of that and put us uh, at the beginning of the Rainbow Rumble uh, together. Um, and we were like, Hey, we we're teaming up soon. Um, let's just team up in this rumble also. Um, so that's kind of, uh, how adventures in science came together. Of course, I got to give a shout out to, uh, my girl, Belle, 
beefer <laughs> for naming the team. Yeah, once uh, she caught wind of it, she was all about it. So, uh, you know, big support uh, <laughs> is Nicole. She's great. Um, and uh, so, yeah, uh, Adventures in Science is going to continue to team. We, uh, we won two matches that night. Uh, one was the match we were scheduled for, and then the uh, – the tag team champions were feeling a little uh, cocky after they won their match and decided to challenge whoever wanted it. We wanted it and we took it. So uh, yeah, we're going to um, obviously continue teaming there. We'll continue teaming at full queer. Um, and uh, I believe uh, you'll be seeing us at PPW Petaluma uh, in July. So, um, and who knows would we could be popping up uh, all over the place you know, you never know see. wrestling's interesting like that it'll be exciting to see just randomly buy tickets to a ugly show when there's adventures in science <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I think that's an awesome concept that you guys came together i saw that on twitter and i was just like yes <laughs> thank you of course yeah it's uh people are really receptive to it so i'm happy about that as someone who's based out of Southern California, what brings you to Northern California so much? Or do you come to Northern California frequently? Um, I have on and off in my career. And it's one of those things in wrestling that you just kind of have to go where where the bookings are, where uh, wherever the road takes you. You know, uh, there's a lot of intermixing in wrestling as far as what areas you go to and you end up meeting a lot of different people from different areas because of that. Um, and that network just continues to, to grow. Um, so yeah, it, it ends up just kind of, you know, and also with social media, you've got plenty of uh, eyes on you there and sometimes a promoter catches wind of, your stuff and they like the looks of it and they want you on their show. And, um, yeah, it just so, so happens that, uh, you know, I've worked with plenty of NorCal folks over, over the years and, um, just, uh, you know, that has made it so that I'm, I'm there about half the time. So, <laughs> which is, you know, it's great. I'll, I, I love going up there and, and doing my thing. Nice. Is there a favorite location that you've wrestled in? It can be like a city or a venue or both. Um, trying to think. Uh, you mean particularly in NorCal or just in wrestling in general? Just in general. Um, you know, my my heart's got to go out to, um, of course, San, doing Santino shows is great because that's home base. And so that always feels like, you know, like our like a, it's like our hour show, you know? Yeah. Um, also I've got the, the love for, for Brian Kendrick's promotion, wrestling pro wrestling, which is kind of a comedy based weirdo, um, thing full of monsters and, um, anthropomorphic Chinese boxes and stuff, um, mixed with, yeah. you know, wrestlers like myself and, uh, dark chic and, uh, you know, Watts and Koto hero. Um, to name a few names, but like, uh, it, so it's, that, that's, that's 
one I've been with since we were doing dumb jokes in front of five people. And then we were, you know, selling out the Moose Lodge on the regular. So, uh, yeah, I, I always love that spot. Um, and uh, also uh, really love going up to um, Pacific Northwest area um, between uh, so far been um, to Relentless and uh, 5CC up there. And those places have always just treated me really well. And uh, the fans are always um, very excited and, and full of energy. And yeah, it's just a great experience every time I go up that way too. Nice. And branching off of that, do you have like a bucket list place that you want to wrestle in? Like just top of the list? Uh, you know, I never really, I can't say that I really do, uh, to be quite honest. I, I really just want to, I, I want to be able to go wherever I fit. Um, you know, of course, I'd love to to do some of the, the bigger shows or, or whatnot, but it's more about, um, for me, about the matches in particular. There's a, and my bucket list of people I want to wrestle is like a mile long. So, um, that's more what I focus on is, is who I want to, to work rather than so much where I want to go. If you had to name the top five people you wanted to wrestle, who would they be? Oh, oh, oh. Um, I mean, and before you, it, it, it'll never happen, but you, you never know. Um, before he retires, yeah, great Sasuke would be my number one. Um, obviously, I would love to ride, wrestle Brian Kendrick or Joey Chaos um, or Zocre. Uh, any of those of, of my uh, primary influences on my career um, that I haven't wrestled in a one-on-one -on -one setting uh, would mean a lot. And um, let's see, uh, Jonathan Gresham is another like bucket list match. I feel like mm -hmm. I really want like that uh, that technical challenge. Um, to really kind of exercise my my wrestling mind, and I feel like he's one of the best doing it right now. Agreed. I, his trilogy with Mike Bailey kind of just mind yeah. Me. Oh, Bailey's another one too. I I got a shout out to Bailey because Speedball is a wonderful human and uh, amazing <laughs> wrestler. So uh, yeah, that would my mind would explode if that match ever got lined up. <laughs> These are some matchups. I'm now just like, okay, mental notes, mental notes. <laughs> I forgot to wish you a belated father's day, by the way. Oh, it, thank you. Of course. Cause that kind of, of course that leads into my next question. Cause we talked at full queer and you mentioned that your daughter was an aspiring wrestler. I'd, how like how does that as a parent how does that make you feel does it excite you does it make you nervous is it just a mix of emotions it's definitely a mix uh you know of course like it's like on one hand you know it's cool i've got you know a little kind of wrestling buddy um and uh you know i i like um 
you know, like I said, uh, with the school, like, um, you know, uh, paying it forward, it's even more so um, with my daughter, um, you know, uh, and just kind of just being able to teach all of her stuff, all, all of this stuff early, um, and uh, her being able to get the experiences that she's having already at such a young age, it's it's something that like younger me would have would have killed for. Um, so uh, that's cool. Um, obviously, there's gonna be part of me that's always a little bit worried, you know, as a nat which comes natural as a parent, um, you know, between. Uh, you know, how, da how dangerous it is and, um, you know, how, you know, things can not always be on, on the up and up, uh, behind the scenes, which, you know, I, I do feel is kind of fizzling out for the most part, but there's always, uh, I mean, there's so many people involved in, in wrestling all over the country and all over the world. So, you know, you're gonna, it's like any job you're going to run into, um, awful people, um, no matter what, but, um, you know, in, in wrestling, it's a little weird, but I, I think, I think that she'll be all right. I'm hoping that I, I'll just provide her with as much of good guidance as I can. And, you know, I'm not a, a, an overbearing helicopter parent or anything. Um, but you know, I would say reasonably protective, <laughs> not not at full not at full neglect, but not at full control either. But I feel like that's a healthy amount of space too. That's what I'm trying, you know. <laughs> that's one thing I've learned is that it's just just trying. <laughs> is there like a specific piece of advice you're giving her that you wish you could have had when you were younger or when you started training? Um, I would say as far as, you know, developing better habits right away, um, and, you know, just kind of, uh, giving her those tools of what made, um, wrestling click for me as far as, you know, there's, there's just a certain switch everybody has on, um, because it's not, um, when you, when you first get in the ring, it's very disorienting because it's a lot smaller of a space than you think it is actually in there and moving around with another person. Um, and, you know, you're, you, a lot of wrestling is fighting your body's natural impulses too in order to make all of this work. Um, so everybody's, when that, makes it through and becomes a wrestler, they have a certain switch that kind of clicks when it all like makes sense. So I feel like, um, she's got the advantage that I know the tools to make that happen for, for her quicker than, um, whereas a lot of people kind of struggle with that, um, you know, for a bit longer. And with this younger generation of wrestlers, this newer generation generation of wrestlers coming in, is there 
where do you see the landscape going? Like anywhere specific? Um, I think that wrestling has the potential to become a more exploratory medium. Um, and I think, but also uh, at the same time, a, history repeats itself as well. So with that, I would say I think we're just going to continue to see more of a variety as far as types of types of wrestling, types of wrestlers, um, you know, genres of wrestling even. Um, you know, I think wrestling will continue to evolve and there's going to be there's always going to be some things that, um, you know, people are going to love about it and people are aren't going to like and you know some people are uh just opposed to change entirely anyways um but i mean that's just the way that the business is gonna move and yeah i mean i think that uh you know there's gonna be a type of wrestling for everyone and i think that that's when people need to maybe step back from arguing so much about wrestling um, because, you know, this, luckily there's so many good successful companies um, or, or the potential for there to be more, if you're willing to go and explore it, if you don't like what the main products are now, uh, good news. There's a whole plethora of different types of things that you could be watching instead. So, um, I think that we're going to continue to see that with wrestling. And I think that uh, the fan base will grow as well if we continue to allow it to uh, change and, um, you know, just explore new realms. I tell that, I say that on the podcast all the time. Like if you get sick of WWE, AEW, like the big names, just literally go down the street because you never know like what's happening because you could there could be a local wrestling promotion next to you yeah yeah and i mean you know we're already seeing it like you can have uh you know something as like uh gritty and real as like blood sport or you can have you know something like comic booky sci-fi uh like hood slam um you know and uh you know you could <laughs> you can have something with 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 uh goofy puns and you know uh people made out of cheese like uh wrestling pro wrestling mm -hmm. so like you know it it can be wh whatever you want it to be but you yeah you're you're not stuck with you know two companies because they're the big companies and that's what's on tv um you know uh that that is one thing i will say that um, I'm, I, I'm a big supporter of the independence and I really, um, I, I think that, uh, that needs to have more value in the wrestling scene as well. Um, and I'm hoping that we're not, it doesn't seem like we're losing sight of that. Indie shows are doing pretty well. Um, but you know, I just hope that it doesn't. And I hope that more people are willing to, um, explore that more because uh, i have seen that before as well people will only watch you know uh what's 
on the television and um, not seeming to realize that all of these folks that they love on TV came from these smaller areas. And, uh, you know, wouldn't you like to be the one that was there and th that can say, hey, I saw, you know, this person like right up close uh, before they were a big star? I, I think that that's a, that's a fantastic thing. So. No, that's something on a tangent there. But. <laughs> no, you're good. That's something like people fail to appreciate. I have to agree because it's mm -hmm. like, who knows where I will see you in the future and all these people, all these wrestlers at these local promotions. Like I might see you, I might take my kid to like a WWE show down the line and see you as Intercontinental Champion or like AEW sees, see you as AEW world champion. You never know. You could be on the big leagues by then. Mm -hmm. Who knows where anybody's going to end up? That's true. You never know. Yeah. So I have a few more questions sure. to kind of wrap it up here. Of course. But you have a mer piece of merch that is inspired by Rancid's and Out Come the Wolves. And you mm -hmm. mentioned that it is one of your favorite albums. Yes. So I wanted to know what would on a desert island, this is the, the desert island question. Okay. What, what five albums would you listen to just Ooh. for the rest of your time on the desert island? Oh, it's so tough. Okay. <laughs> you know, I've never like, uh, I've always avoided this one. Um, okay. So uh, Outcome the Wolves is definitely on there for sure. Um, I would say Punk and Drublick also by No Effects. Um, London Calling by The Clash. And this is where it gets hard. Um, all right, this is going to be like outside of uh, my normal punk rock genre, but you got to mix it up. Um, I'm going to go with Sorry to Bother You by The Coop, if anyone has ever heard that. <laughs> That's a fantastic album. Um, not to be confused with the soundtrack to the movie of the same title. Um, which is also the same band though, interestingly enough. Um, and then number five, this is where it gets difficult folks. <laughs> hmm. Um, I'm gonna have to say maybe Pleasant Screams by the Queers. Mm. I'll just go with that one. I don't know. Actually, I take that back. I'm sorry, the Queers. You're off the island. <laughs> I'm going with Dancing by the Curse or Dancing with the Curse by Get Dead. That's what I'm going with. It's on my freaking wall. I'm staring right at me. <laughs> The album art, and I'm like totally out of my brain. All right, those are my five. What? How about you? I have to hear it now. Well, I kind of had the same moment you just had because I, if you can kind of see, I have Vampire Weekend poster in my bathroom. So definitely Vampire Weekend's Modern Vampires of the City. Okay. <laughs> Hellbilly Deluxe by Rob Zombie. Okay. 
this one, this is a hard question. I'm the one who posed the question. Now. <laughs> so, um, so those two Turn it are, around on you. <laughs> in the court of the Crimson King by King Crimson, I that's one I stumbled upon when I was like really high. I just turned it on and I laid there and I was just transported. <laughs> it was one of those albums. <laughs> I would say American Idiot by Green Day because that's the first album I ever bought. Okay. And Flower Boy by Tyler the Creator. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That was hard. That was really hard. It's a hard, hard question. Man. So. You also have a horror podcast called Geekin' for Scaries. That's correct. And I can't remember your co-host's name, but I, you guys did wrestle together. I do remember you telling me that. It's uh, the Hop Daddy, uh, the Hop most notably of the, the squad from Hood Slam. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. From that, I want just three specific horror movies I have to ask of you. Okay. Your favorite horror movie, a horror movie you feel that everybody should see at least once, and a horror movie you felt did not live up to the hype or the expectations. Okay. Um, all right. Man, that last that last one's gonna get me heat because I already <laughs> know the answer. <laughs> But, uh, okay, uh, favorite horror movie. I go back and forth. Um, so I'm going to cheat and and do kind of both for number one and number two. Um, I think uh, my favorite, just because it's so fun, and I can probably quote it from beginning to end, is uh, Reanimator that I'm wearing uh, on my chest. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Hold on. Wait. I have the DVD. Yeah. It's amazing. It's one of my favorites too. <laughs> um, that everyone has to see. I mean, any of um, Romero's Living Dead trilogy, but my favorite of the three is Day of the Dead. Um, and I think that one has, a, I mean, they all have a lot to say, but I, I feel like that one is really, really smart. Um, and just, it's bananas gory too. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah. I would say definitely. Yeah. That one. And then what didn't live up to the expectations. Uh, and there's a few. Um, uh, do I want to go heat or do I want to go safe? <laughs> um, All right. Hi, why why'd you have to do this one? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's okay. All right. Um for me, uh, and I think it's just because I put it up to a high expectation. Uh it was nope for me. Mm. Yeah. Not that I 
not that I didn't like it, but I definitely didn't like it as much as I thought I was going to. And I think that it's because, I mean, he started so high <laughs> yeah. with, with both Get Out and Us. I just love both of those movies. And yeah, uh, yeah Nope just didn't hit the same. I was expecting it to hit me and it just didn't hit at all. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's not, not a bad movie at all. I mean, he's a fantastic filmmaker, but yeah. It just uh, it wasn't it wasn't those two movies, and that's not fair. <laughs> it's not fair to have to live up to that expectation. But right. you know, Get Out, he came out swinging, and then Nope was kind of just uh, yeah. All right, I'll take it. And I love Us too. That twist, I did not see that coming. Yeah, no, that was <laughs> that was hundred percent crazy. Um. All right, now I'm I'm bring I'm. Turning it around on you, hostess. Okay. <laughs> my favorite horror movie, like, does shift around because I have my favorite horror movie and then I have my favorite franchise. Okay. My favorite franchise of all time is Evil Dead, the Evil Dead. Oh, movie. yeah. 100%. Yeah, definitely. Just, there's not a single bad one. <laughs> and Ash vs. Evil Dead is tight, too. So good. So, <laughs> Evil Dead 2 was my favorite horror movie for a while, but then I just rewatched They Live not too long ago, and that mm. was that kind of fantastic just, too. Yeah, get out. <laughs> horror movie, I feel like everybody should see at least once. I would say Scream because that was mm -hmm. just my personal like gateway into horror, and I think it's like a good beginner slasher. That's a good. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good answer. And a horror movie I felt did not live up to the expectations. I would say. Uh, I think it was Cult of Chucky. I just couldn't get behind Cult of Chucky. <laughs> See, I actually like that one. <laughs> it, it got to a point where I was like, there's no way. There's no way. <laughs> like, Curse of Chucky was cool. It actually made Chucky scary again. But I yeah. saw Curse of Chucky and I'm like, okay, you're pushing it. But I will say the TV show did kind of like bring me back and reconvince me. Yeah. Oh yeah, the show is phenomenal. <laughs> they just go over the top silly, but I, you know, I, I kind of love it. I was a, I was a big bride, and I'll, I'm a seed defender. You know. Oh yeah, same, same. <laughs> I will defend Seed of Chucky, just like I. People hate this, but I will also defend Scream Three. I will defend Scream Three before I defend Scream Four. Oh really? I like Scream Four. <laughs> I don't. I just for some. The first time I watched it, I liked it, but then mm. after that, I was kind of just like. The more I watched it, the more I was like, okay, no. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> My final two questions here for you, sir. Okay. Are they sorry? Is it your kid? 
did you embark on the adult swim journey at all? I did. In fact, one of my favorite television shows of all time is the Venture Brothers. Because <laughs> I always ask everybody, what is their favorite adult swim show? The Adventure Brothers. Mm -hmm. Solid choice. Solid choice. Mine is it's a tie between Space Ghost Coast to Coast and Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Okay. Definitely. Yeah, I would say it's uh, you know, I was this is, this is like aging me, but I, I was watching uh Space Ghost Coast to Coast like when it was like the like they had it on at like Saturdays at like eleven thirty and it was kind of before like Adult Swim existed. It was kind of like the precursor to Adult Swim. Like that's what many people don't know is that Space Ghost Coast to Coast kind of started it all. Yeah. And then and yeah, then they had the that launch with like the Brack show and C Lab yeah. and all that. Yeah. <laughs> Good times. But, yeah. <laughs> I just remember like Staying up with my mom to watch Space Ghost Coast to Coast and South Park too, but mainly since yeah. Coast. Yeah. yeah, same. <laughs> my final question is where can we see Darwin Finch next? Are you going to be at the next Full Queer show? Yes, actually. I will be there um, for Stratback on uh, August 13th. Um, we're actually adventures in science is entering the tag team gauntlet for the number one contendership for the, uh, Harvey Milk and Sylvester titles. So yes, we'll definitely be there. Um, when, when is this coming out? This will be coming out probably next week. Next week. Okay. So, uh, I'll have, um, Amped Up Wrestling, which is doing a charity event for Ability First for um, special needs children. Uh, that's in Inglewood on July 1st. Um, and then July 8th, I'll be out in Peoria, Illinois for uh, New Wrestling Revolution. Uh, July 21st, I'll be teaming with Lara Frazier at uh, PPW uh, Petaluma. Um trying to memorize my schedule. Um <laughs> July 29th uh in Cudahy, I believe we're doing the show uh for Santino Bros LA Rumble. Um that's that's our big show of the year, so um get your ticket. The tickets are already flying, so uh get online for those cuz that's always a spectacle. Um and then August, I know I have, I'm going to be up at SOS in Tacoma on the 11th and 5CC's final show on in Bellingham, uh, Washington. And that's on August 12th and then Full Queer um, on the 13th. And I believe that's all for now. I know the Full Queer is also going to be doing the Folsom Street Fair show uh again this year on september 24th i believe is the date um so i'll be there for that as well nice well hope to see you at a few of those shows i'll definitely be at full queer in august for sure excellent excellent try to make the Folsom street fair yeah, I'm. You know, I got some time. Maybe I can reassemble, re uh, reassemble the uh, periodic table. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, that was actually crazy. I forgot to ask about the periodic table. What was the lore in the origins? It just, just goes along with the gimmicks. This is, this is another thing that just kind of sprouted out of the internet, and it kind of it's kind of Bell's fault again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> apparently, everything I do for full queer ends up being Bell's fault. Um, so. Uh, uh, when Full Queer just announced me for the Rumble, um, they, they just made a joke, uh, uh, you know, the speech bubble saying that I was going to put somebody through the periodic table. And uh, Bell kind of ran with it. And every time they announced somebody, uh, she made like a Photoshop of like, I think it's like Jericho or somebody putting someone through a table way back in like 2008 or something. And it, with my head on his body and then whoever's head the got announced you know through the periodic table um and uh so i you know it just became this like growing thing and you know people from the full queer roster were kind of like joking at me about it about mm -hmm. now i have to make a table um <laughs> and then actually a, a fan uh nearby who makes props um, yeah, volunteered to, uh, to make the table for me. So why not? <laughs> That's the magic of the wrestling community. You know, people say, uh, you know, you know, internet wrestling community, it's not all, uh, it's not all toxic and people yelling at each other. There's some, some awesome folks making tables for wrestlers that get used for a corny pun on one show, <laughs> maybe two. Maybe too. It might. Maybe it'll be a, a full queer staple. Who knows? Fingers crossed. <laughs> Heck yeah. Well, I would aiming for Monday or Tuesday to post this. Okay. I definitely want to thank you for your time. Yes, thank you for having me. This is great. It's fun chatting. It was absolutely fun. Thank you so much for agreeing. Yeah, definitely. Heck yeah, and I will. See you at Full Clear. Yes, ma'am. Sounds good. See you there. Right. See you. Have a good rest of your day. You too. Thank you so much. Of course. Bye.